Good morning, everybody. Now, this morning, we're going to be looking at the joy of serving. And so our reading this morning is going to be from the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 1 to 18. So if you've got a Bible, then please do read along with me. I'm going to be reading from the NIV version. Um, And if you've got a different version, totally fine. But just to let you know which version I'm reading from. And this is what it says. It's entitled Joy in Serving, Imitating Christ's Humility. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness or compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, But in humility, consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life, in order, to, in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labour for nothing. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Now, earlier this week, I had um, an antenatal appointment at home with the wonderful Paula from this church. Um, And as she came into my house, masked, gloved, all PPE'd up, um, my usually very, very happy and sociable toddler ran away from her screaming. He completely freaked out. I've never seen him ever behave like that. And it wasn't Paula's fault at all, just to reiterate, she was being wonderful. He just completely lost it, ran away, totally terrified. And it took me quite a while to get him to come around, calm down, explain to him who Paula was why she was here, she was a friend, you know, all of that. And once he'd calmed down and Paula was, you know, amazing and engaging with him, he was absolutely fine. But it really got me thinking, why on earth had he behaved like that? And then it dawned on me that actually he's only 20 months old. And for almost the past year, we have had no one come into our house other than grandparents when they've been allowed to. He has no understanding of what it means to be hospitable, to enter people in to our home. And that made me initially feel really, really sad. It was quite 
quite an upsetting realisation for me because I feel like we as a family would define ourselves by being hospitable, by having an open door policy, inviting people in and serving them in that way. But actually, this year, that's not been possible. And I think it really fitted into what I was thinking and praying about um, to talk about this morning in our sermon about the joy of serving Because actually, it's not just our house now that has closed doors. It's not just our house that is only able to be hospitable to its permanent residents. Actually, it's become evident over probably the last decade, actually, or maybe even more, that we are living in more and more of a self-serving society, a self-serving culture. And actually, the practicalities of living with COVID in 2020 have just enhanced that even more. We look around us, we have self-service checkouts at supermarkets, we have self-service drinks counters, we have self-service petrol pumps, we have 24-hour cash machines where we can go and get money out for ourselves without any interaction with other people. We have everything we could ever want or need at the click of a button, an order button on our phone or our laptop or our tablet. Now, I do recognise that so much of this is extremely helpful and necessary, especially at the minute with the virus that we are um, struggling with at the minute. However, I think that you would agree that despite this convenience, it all leaves us with a slightly empty feeling, doesn't it? Why is that? Why, when we are able to satisfy our every need by ourselves without having to interact with other people, with their flaws, their mistakes, their innate conversations, just all of that, why do we still feel a bit empty from it? I believe that we only have to look to God's word to see the answer. Actually, as humans, we have been created to serve others, to find joy and satisfaction in that. We've also been created to be served humbly by others too. We've been created in God's image. We see that in the book of Genesis. We're told we are created in the image of God. And actually the innate desire of our hearts is to become more and more like Jesus. If you would call yourself a Christian, then that desire is something that you perhaps understand very well. If someone was to ask you, what is the purpose of your faith? You know, what is the one thing that you really, really want? You would perhaps answer that daily you want to become more and more like Jesus. And if that is the case, then actually Jesus was the ultimate humble servant. And when we want to become more like him, we therefore want to become more and more serving. We are most like Jesus when we are serving, actually. The Bible tells us that. And Jesus, we look at him and he left the glory of heaven and he came down to earth, cloaked himself in humility and he entered our very messy world in order to serve our needs and share in our suffering. And that is the call that is put on us as well, to serve others' needs and to share in their suffering. As you've just heard, our reading this morning was from Philippians 2, verses 1 to 18. And I chose that this morning because I think that actually that is um, in the Bible, the most spectacularly concise understanding of the command and satisfaction of serving others. In those verses, Paul communicates to us that the evidence of true Christianity is found in humble service to one another. Now, what does humble service look like? Well, 
actually, I'm going to flip that round and I'm going to tell you what it does not look like. And this is another opportunity for you to have a brief but wonderful window into the Rochel household with all its flaws and chaos. And this is what humble service does not look like. I have been known on occasion, um, although most of the time I would say that I do serve my husband and my children um, just out of my love for them. Um, I do things without complaining because that's my, my role and um, because it's what I want to do because I love them. However, it has been known that I have um, a bit of an ulterior motive that sometimes I have been known to have absolute moments of selfish ambition in my service, um, which might look like this. I have been known to run Sam a lovely hot bath um, for him to relax in because, um, you know, I tell him that I love him very much and he's very, very hardworking and he deserves just a few minutes to himself to unwind um, just to say thank you for all he's done. And let me make myself clear, Sam does work incredibly hard um, and I do appreciate all he does. However, I will be running that bath whilst internally muttering to myself that actually what I'd really like is a really hot bath, actually. What I'd really like is a really hot bath where nobody comes in to show me their latest Lego model or to go to the toilet while I'm trying to have some peace and quiet or to come and practice their newfound toddler language skills by pointing and naming parts of the body. Have you ever um, seen the book uh, Five Minutes Peace with Mrs Large the Elephant? Well, that would be the equivalent of my attempt to have a nice, hot, solitary bath. Or perhaps another example of me serving with selfish ambition would be to walk into the living room while Sam and the children are watching something quietly and calmly on television. And maybe I would bustle around and provide them with a running commentary about all the laundry that I've just washed and ironed and dried and put away for, for them. And did, did I mention that I ironed it all for them? Oh, and also, you know, I put it all on hangers and I put it all away for them. Um, but, I, oh, you, you know, it's not... Oh, you don't need to thank me, don't worry. Oh, but look, look in the ironing basket. Isn't it strange? The only things left over are mummy's things. Oh... I just ran out. I didn't have time to do those things. But don't worry, it's because I was doing all your things for you. Oh, don't mention it. Don't mention it. Is that the kind of humble service that Paul was talking about to the Philippians in that those verses we read earlier? I don't think so. Is that the kind of humble service that Jesus demonstrates to us in all that he has done for us? Absolutely not. Serving others is hard. It gives us joy and satisfaction, but it is undoubtedly hard. We live in a fallen world and actually we need to be realistic. And when we decide to serve others, we need to expect betrayal, disrespect, brokenness sometimes. People will take your service for granted. People may not always appreciate or recognise your gift of love and generosity. But trusting and serving flawed and imperfect people is difficult. However, God is not flawed. God is perfect. And Matthew 25, 40 says this. It says, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. An amazing verse, a verse that reminds us that whatever we do to anybody in this world, actually, God counts that as an act of service, an act of sacrifice, an act of love for him. 
When we struggle with loving the unlovable and serving those we don't warm to or who reject us, we can look at that verse, we can take perspective from it, and we can remember the example that Jesus set us, who always put others first, because he totally understood that in doing that, he was pouring out his love and his service to his heavenly father. It's so easy for us to become maths experts when we consider serving and we begin to add up and weigh up other people's worthiness before we act. You know, oh, that person definitely deserves me to do this for them because of this reason, this reason, this reason. But that person, oh, they don't deserve it. Oh, they're very, you know, they don't understand. They don't know how hard it will be for me to do it. They won't say thank you. But let us remember that God didn't seek out worthiness in us before he lovingly offered his life for us. It's so easy for us to be tight-fisted with our money, our time, our resources. But let us remember that those many blessings God has given us, he didn't give them to us to hoard up, to store. He gave them to us to then pass on, to openly, to freely distribute and invest in others. Let us give the best to others, just as God has given his best to us. When we feel the need for recognition, or perhaps the desire for a higher position, let us remember that in God's kingdom, things are often flipped on their head, and the ground at the foot of the cross is absolutely level. Matthew 23, verse 12, reminds us, it says, Those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. To shine before God is to serve him humbly by pouring ourselves out to others in love and kindness. And even if others don't give us recognition, recognition, even if others don't raise us to a higher position, we need to be confident knowing that God sees everything. God sees our every small word, thought, act, and he recognises it. And he is overjoyed by what we have given to him in service. There have undoubtedly been so many moments this past year where people globally or within our communities or within our church family have served others faithfully and abundantly and really beautifully as well. But I think it is very important for us to recognise that so many of our old ways of serving one another as a church have actually been capped or have been reduced, or those opportunities have been taken away from us because of the restrictions that have been imposed on us as a country. I urge us all, therefore, to really reflect on this message and to think about those areas in our life where we've become stale in our act of serving, where we've allowed those restrictions that have been put on us to um, to give us an excuse or to um, frighten us into not serving others anymore. Where have we given up reaching out because the old ways we found so easy and accessible have been removed from us? And just as importantly, here's my real challenge. Are we ready, church? Are we ready altogether? When things begin to return to normal, are we ready to get stuck back in to serving together like never before? Not as though things never changed. It's really important. We don't need to go straight back to how things were before, but actually ready to serve in more radical ways than ever before. To reach out and serve each other in new and beautiful ways and to ensure our church becomes a centre of life for the whole of Lim and the surrounding communities. 
I think the danger really lies in us developing a sense that all this, this is normal, that this is the new church, that actually on a Sunday we get to choose when we engage with the with the Sunday sermon. We get to sit back at home on a comfy couch with a home-brewed cup of coffee, enjoying me time, allowing God and others to serve, just to serve me every Sunday. I'm not saying that it's bad to allow others to serve you, but let's remember that the original and most beautiful purpose of church is for people to come together and serve Jesus Christ um, every single week. Let me leave you by just reminding you of those final, final words from the passage that we read out this morning from Philippians 2 verses 14 and 16. It says this, Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labour in vain. I mean, what is more joyful than shining like a star in the sky? That's the stuff of childhood dreams, isn't it? And it's achieved by following Christ's example and living every day, choosing to humbly serve others. So let's think this morning, how can you be serving other people? We are in our second lockdown. Things seem very, very limited, but there are always ways that we can serve other people. Always. Not just serving those people that we believe deserve it. Not just serving those people who we believe um, will repay us or will recognise us. Not just serving those people that we know it will be easy to do. But actually taking up the call of Christ. Making ourselves the most humble servant. Pouring out our life for other people. Really being the church that God wants us to be.